On March 5th, we commemorate the martyr Konon Avisaria, the finding of the relics of St. Theodore, Prince of Smolensk, and Yaroslav, and his children. The monastic martyr Adrian of Poshikonia and Yaroslav, martyr Onesimus Avisaria, martyr Konon the gardener of Pamphylia, the virgin martyr Eres or Rice of Antino in Egypt, martyr Eulogius of Palestine, martyr Eulampius of Palestine, St. Mark the ascetic of Egypt, St. Hesychius the faster of Bithynia, the icon of the mother of God the nurturer, and St. John, the new martyr of Bulgaria. The holy martyr, Konon of Isaria, was born in Bethany, a village near the Asia Minor city of Isaria, whose inhabitants had accepted Christianity from the Apostle Paul. From his youth, St. Konon was accorded the special protection of the Archisategios, leader of the heavenly hosts, Michael who appeared to him and assisted him in many difficult circumstances in life. At the insistence of his parents, Conan was betrothed to a maiden named Anna. He persuaded her to live with him in virginity after the wedding. The young couple lived as brother and sister, devoting themselves entirely to God. St. Conan brought also his parents to the Christian faith. His father, St. Nestor, received the martyr's death for denouncing idol worshippers. After burying both his mother and wife, St. Conon continued his service to God, devoting himself entirely to monastic works, fasting, and prayer. In his declining years, the holy ascetic was glorified with the gift of wonderworking. By virtue of his preaching and miracles, many pagans were converted to Christ. It is said that even the evil spirits were forced to serve him. When a persecution against Christians broke out in Asaria, one of the first to suffer was St. Conon. He was subjected to fierce torments for his refusal to offer sacrifice to idols. When the people of Isauria learned of the tortures to which the saint was being subjected, they came forth bearing arms to defend the martyr. Frightened by the people's wrath, the torturers fled, and the Isarians found the martyr wounded and bloody at the place of torture. St. Conan wished to endure martyrdom for the Lord, but he lived two more years. St. Conan died in the second century and was buried beside his parents and wife. On March 5, 1463, the relics of Holy Prince Theodore and his sons, David and Constantine, were uncovered at Yaroslav. The chronicler, an eyewitness to the event, wrote, At the city of Yaroslav, in the monastery of the Holy Savior, they unearthed three great princes, Prince Theodor Rostislavich and his sons David and Constantine, and brought them above the ground. The great Prince Theodor was a man of great stature, and they placed his sons David and Constantine beside him. They were shorter than he was. All three had lain in a single grave. The physical appearance of the Holy Prince so impressed the eyewitnesses and those present at the uncovering of the relics that an account of this event was entered into the prologue, the lives of the saints and St. Theodore's life, and also into the text of the Manual for Iconographers. Since Theodore, David, and Constantine are also commemorated on September 19th. St. Adrian of Poshikonia was born at Rostov the Great at the end of the 16th century of pious parents named Gregory and Irene. St. Adrian received monastic tonsure at the monastery of St. Cornelius of Comel, commemorated on May 19th. Among the brethren gathered around St. Cornelius were some capable builders and iconographers, so the monastery churches were constructed and adorned by the saints themselves. 
In the final years of St. Cornelius' life, Kazan Tatars invaded the territory around the monastery, and he led all the brethren to the river Uktoma. But the Tatars did not touch the monastery, being frightened off by the sight of the many soldiers defending it, and they soon withdrew from the Vologda district. St. Cornelius returned to the monastery with the brethren and reposed there on May 19, 1537. Three years after the death of St. Cornelius, St. Adrian, then a hierodeacon, greatly desired to go into a wilderness place and found a monastery in honor of the Most Holy Theotokos. The Lord helped him fulfill his intention. A certain unknown elder of striking appearance came to the Cornelia Monastery. St. Adrian asked him his name, and the elder referred to himself as the Lowly One. When St. Adrian invited him to his own cell and asked him to say something beneficial for the soul, the elder said that he would show St. Adrian the spot where he should build the church and monastery of the Most Holy Theotokos. St. Adrian immediately went to the superior, Egumen Lawrence, and sought his blessing to live in the wilderness. Recalling St. Cornelius's order that any monks who wished to withdraw into the wilderness should be released from the monastery, Egumen Lawrence did not hinder St. Adrian, but gave him his blessing. He also sent with him an assistant, Elder Leonid, after they prayed at the grave of St. Cornelius, St. Adrian and Elder Leonid went on their way, led by the mysterious black-robed monk. St. Adrian carried with him an icon of the Dormition of the Mother of God, which he also painted. On September 13, 1540, the eve of the saint of the exaltation of the cross of the Lord, St. Adrian and Elder Leonid arrived in the wild Poshnikonia forest, near the settlements of Belta, Patrabosha, Shalshedolsk, and Ukhorsk. They halted at the banks of the river Vodka. There the elder, leading them suddenly, became invisible. The astonished travelers began to chant the canon and service of the feast. With tears of thanks to God, indeed this was a portent of the future fame of the monastery, a place where God would be glorified. For three years, St. Adrian and the elder Leonid survived in the wilderness solitude, suffering want overcoming temptations from the devil and the whisperings of wicked folk. And then they began to fulfill their intention. Choosing a suitable moment, the ascetics went to Moscow to ask the blessing of Metropolitan Macarius to establish a monastery and church in honor of the remission of the Mother of God on the Proshikonia side of the river Vodka. St. Macarius gave his blessing to the ascetics to build the monastery and he gave them a written document to that effect. He ordained Adrian to the priesthood and elevated him to the rank of Igumen. In the document he had given to St. Adrian, the hierarch bade priests, deacons, monks, and laymen to listen to him and obey him in everything, as befits a pastor and teacher. At Moscow, the Poshikornia ascetics found generous benefactors who gave the monks abundant offerings to build their church. Returning to their wilderness spot on May 31, 1543, St. Adrian laid the foundations for the church with the trapeza in honor of the remission of the Most Holy Theotokos. Having embellished and consecrated the new church, St. Adrian began the construction of the monastery. The strict monastic rule of St. Cornelius was introduced at the monastery, having nothing of their own, a little being sufficient for everyone. The saints devoted a large portion of their time to prayer, both in church and in their cells, and no small time was allotted to the reading of the Holy Scripture. This reading was done not in an elegant voice, nor for effect, but in a humble and mild voice. One reads, and another speaks of what is read. They also read in private. 
In addition to his duties as a human, St. Adrian also occupied himself with painting icons. When his holy soul longed for complete silence, he withdrew into the depths of the forest into the cell and chapel he had built, one verse away from the monastery. Six years after the founding of the monastery, Alelone reposed. St. Adrian and the brethren buried him with reverence. The number of the brethren had increased during this time. They built three cells as dwellings, and a fourth for preparing food and baking bread. St. Adrian began to make plans for the construction of a large stone church, and he gathered a sum of money for this purpose. One year after the repose of Elder Leonid, during Great Lent of 1550, on the eve of the commemoration of the 42 Amorian Martyrs, commemorated on March 6th, armed robbers burst into the monastery and murdered St. Adrian after beating him. The holy relics of St. Martyr Adrian were uncovered on December 17, 1626, solemnly transferred into the monastery church and placed in an open crypt by the right Cleros, the choir. Many miracles occurred at the grave of St. Adrian. The holy martyr Onesimus, or Onesius, lived in Palestine. He was beheaded with a sword for confessing faith in Christ. The holy martyr Conan the gardener was born in Nazareth of Galilee, but he lived in the city of Mandona, where he occupied himself with gardening. He was a God-fearing man, sincere in heart and without malice. The saint suffered for his faith in Christ under the Emperor Decius 249-251. When they brought him to trial, he unwaveringly and firmly confessed his faith. The torturers drove nails into his feet and dragged him behind the chariot until the sufferer collapsed from exhaustion. With a prayer, he surrendered his spirit to the Lord. The holy martyr Eulogius was a native of Palestine. After the death of his pagan parents, he gave away all his inheritance to the poor, and he himself became a wanderer and went through Palestine, converting pagans to Christianity. During the time of the persecution, he was arrested, subjected to terrible tortures, and beheaded. The holy martyr Eulampius lived in Palestine, who was beheaded for his faith in Christ. St. Mark the ascetic was born in Athens during the 5th century and became a monk in the Nitrian Desert in Lower Egypt. From his youth, his fondest pursuit was the reading of Holy Scripture. It is said that he knew the whole Bible by heart. Nine of his thirty discourses have come down to us. Three of them are in Volume 1 of the English Philokalia. The Byzantines had such a high regard for his writing that they said, Sell everything and buy Mark. He was noted for his gentleness and purity of soul. He was known as the ascetic because of his abstinence. He lived for ninety years as a solitary, then surrendered his soul to God when he was one hundred and twenty years old. Saint Hesychius the Faster was born in the eighth century in the coastal city of Adrinia in Bithynia. Raised since his youth in piety, he left his parental home and practiced asceticism in a wilderness spot on Mount Maenios. Despite the threat of demons and wild animals and robbers living there, the holy ascetic, when seeking greater solitude, settled there and built himself a cell, digging himself a garden and eating from the fruit of his labors. After a certain while, disciples began to throng to him. At a spring of water in a valley not far off St. Hesychius, built a church in the name of the holy apostle Andrew I called. Even during his lifetime, he was granted the gift of wonder-working. One time, they brought a demon-possessed girl to him. 
Her parents, falling down at the feet of the holy ascetic, implored his holy prayers for her healing. The holy ascetic made prayer for the unfortunate one, and the devils departed. Turning to the parents of the healed girl, St. Hesychius predicted that a woman's holy monastery would arise at the place their daughter was healed. And actually the prophecy was fulfilled in the future. An angel appeared to St. Hesychius three days before his end and predicted to him his approaching demise. He accepted the news with joy, and before his blessed end, the saint summoned his disciples, and for a long while he instructed them. At midnight, the cell of the saint and the surrounding area suddenly gleamed with a heavenly light, and St. Hesychius fell asleep in the Lord with the words, Into thy hands, O Lord, I command my spirit. At the place of his efforts, in accord with the prediction of St. Hesychius, was later built a woman's monastery. The holy relics of St. Hesychius, buried at the church of the holy apostle Andrew I called, were later transferred by Theophilactus, bishop of Amasia, to the city of Amasia in Asia Minor. Today's saint should not be confused with St. Hesychius the Theologian, the priest of Jerusalem, commemorated on March 28th, whose writings are in the Philokalia. In the icon called Nurturing, the Mother of God is depicted with her eternal child sitting on her left arm. Christ's hand is extended upward to the face of the all-pure Virgin. Before 1917, the holy image was located in the Kazan Cathedral in Red Square, but it was lost after the destruction of that church in 1936. The church was rebuilt in 1993, and it houses a copy of the Nurturing icon. At that place, there is a list of wonder-working icons glorified throughout Russia for their miracles. The title of the icon speaks for itself. Parents pray for their children in her presence, asking the Most Holy Theotokos to take them under her protection, to send them understanding, and to fill their hearts with wisdom. Until our own time, a brief prayer has been associated with this image. O Holy Lady, Virgin Theotokos, save and keep under your protection my children, all boys and girls and infants, both those who are baptized and those who are nameless, and those being carried in their mother's womb. Cover them with your own maternal mantle. Preserve them in the fear of God and in obedience to their parents. Implore your Son and our Lord to grant them what is needful for their salvation. I entrust them to your maternal providence, for you are the divine protection of your servants. Amen. The holy new martyr John was born in Bulgaria in 1775. Since fanatical Muslims believed that they would be assured of an eternal paradise, where they would enjoy beautiful virgins, and an abundance of food if they could force Christians to deny Christ and follow Muhammad. They spared no effort to convert Christians through flattery or by threats of death. When John was still a boy, he fell in with Muslim companions. Through various ways, he was led to renounce Christ and to follow Islam. He came to his senses when he was about 16 and was stricken with grief at his denial of Christ. He fled to Mount Athos to the Great Lavra. Here he spent his time in repentance under the guidance of an elder. He lived the monastic life of great strictness for three years, yet his conscience continued to trouble him. With the blessing of his elder, he decided to travel to Constantinople to wipe out his apostasy by confessing Christ in a public way and by shedding his blood. The young monk dressed himself as a Turk, which a Christian was not permitted to do. Arriving in Constantinople, he went directly to the church of Hagia Sophia, which had been turned into a mosque. Right in front of the Muslims, he made the sign of the cross and began to recite Christian prayers. Then he said in a loud voice that he had been born a Christian, but had fallen into error and renounced Christ. Now he declared he wished to renounce the false religion of Muhammad in order to follow Christ once more. 
The Turks fell into a frenzied rage when they heard his words. They seized him and began to torture him in various ways. Renounce Christ, they said, and return to the Muslim faith, or you will be killed. St. John replied, Without Christ, there is no salvation. The furious Agarines dragged the saint out to the courtyard to behead him. In this manner, St. John received the crown of martyrdom in 1784 at the age of 19.